While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. pumpkin beer out i'll drink that but i'll I, drink to that <laughs> I think that's, oh shut up i think that's too much pumpkin well because i'm not into all the pumpkin <laughs> that's how october is now though and i think it's creeping back into september now pumpkin too is it's, it's the month of pumpkin like it's terrible it's hard to buy anything that doesn't what? taste like okay pumpkin. as someone who enjoys all the pumpkin i do which make, you do make it all taste like pumpkins what is it about pumpkin that you love so much that you're willing to have everything like king midas came through and he loved pumpkins he touched every food everything every food tastes like pumpkin i don't know pumpkin just licked everything and it all started tasting like pumpkin pumpkin's a good flavor and it's just i it is a dominant predator of a flavor it's it's just it tastes orange and in the fall when everything is orange it just tastes right like i i I wouldn't want stuff like in April to taste like pumpkin. That would be weird. I'd be like, why does this taste what like if pumpkin? What a pumpkin in April and it tasted like pumpkin? Would that be weird? I mean, I'm not going to just eat a gourd like an apple anyway. But... Coward. <laughs> pumpkin coward. So, okay, there's pumpkin beer. There's pumpkin ravioli. Everything at Starbucks tastes like pumpkin. Yeah, like pumpkin spice X. Pumpkin baristas. Where X is like everything that you can buy. Yes. And then like pumpkin muffins and other pumpkin baked goods. I think last year we made like pumpkin bars. Why are you is... making? There's so much pumpkin stuff. You don't need to contribute to the pumpkin supply. I'm not. I'm detracting from it by making. You know what I stuff. meant. You know what I meant. And I'm like perpetuating. The... Yes, the pump big pumpkin. <laughs> the pumpkin lobby has their fingers around <sighs> the spine of October, and they're not letting go. <laughs> Well, I I can live with it. All right. Well, let's get this podcast started. Okay. Yeah, because it's this is this is like overdue nights, and luckily, luckily we don't turn into pumpkins at, at midnight. Oh my it's, good gracious! Welcome to her. Overdue. This is a podcast about the books that maybe you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew. And each week we read a book. One of us reads a book, and then we talk about it. Well, also we talk about pumpkins, I guess. Right. Only when it's seasonally appropriate. <laughs> yes. Pumpkin talk is creeping into August. <laughs> uh, what book were you creeping on this week, Andrew? Um, I crept on You Shall Know Our Velocity by Dave Eggers. I think I read that book once. Eggers. I think I read that book in high school. When Yeah, it's like a 2002 or 2003. Like That was when it was first published. Do you, do you know his other book, uh, Heartbreaking Work of Staggering Genius? I know of it. Is it isn't it like... Um, don't you own that book? I swear I've seen that on your shelf, and you haven't. Yep. That's one of the books you've been meaning to read. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, that is like memoirs or something, right? Yeah. And then this is this is his first novel. Yeah, apparently that book is like it is a memoir, but it's also embellished in in a lot of ways, and it's very aware that it's been embellished. Um, but I had a couple friends who read that in high school. 
And then they're like, oh, you read this book. And I was like, it's really big. So I bought this other one. <laughs> uh, and so I was excited to hear that you were reading it because I think I remember liking it, but I don't remember why. Well, then, like, I've found, as I've kind of over the last two or three years revisited things that I liked in high school, like, not a lot of it has, like, stuck. <laughs> oh, uh-oh. Like there are still some things that I that I enjoy that I enjoyed then, but a lot more things are just kind of vaguely embarrassing now. So, how did this book get on your radar? I know you you picked it up somewhere. Well, but... yeah, um, a few weeks ago, I was at um, um, we're moving to Jersey City soon, and and you, Craig, know that because, I do know that I do know because we are sitting like amongst the boxes in our mostly stripped down old yeah, apartment. At Andrew's last stand up in here. <laughs> and um so yeah we were up there looking for apartments and we were with friends who also live there and we went to like a book drive and okay. i got this and a few other things for like three bucks total like i think i got oh, five great. five books for like three dollars that's great and um i think i reckon yeah the, the book says that it was like authored by the guy who did heartbreaking work of staggering genius and, okay. I, and i've heard of people liking that book and so i was like well, it's fifty cents, so I will yeah. buy it and I will I will try it. And you you never read any Dave Eggers? Prior. No, um, well, I mean, yeah. unless I mean he's the McSweeney's guy or like one of the McSweeney's well, yeah, guys. I don't know so how like much I may right. I don't I don't know, but I mean I'm I'm just saying it's it's possible I may have inadvertently read something of his without <laughs> realizing it. Accidentally laying <laughs> eyes on something he's written. <laughs> All right, so what? Where do you want to start with this book? You want to start with the plot? You want to start with the premise? I try to sell me on this book. I think okay. I will start by saying, um, this this is episode what like twenty seven or twenty eight. Like I've read. Yeah, we're in deep. I've read like thirteen or fourteen books for this show so far, which doesn't seem like that many, I guess, but <laughs> compared to the number of books I read in like the two years before we started doing yeah, the show, true, I think right? I'm doing pretty well. Um. I will say that even with stuff like the Da Vinci Code, especially like coming off of Flowers for Algernon, which like I sat and I read it like without even meaning to in like the space of a weekend, even the Da Vinci Code and some of the books that I haven't been as nuts about. Wait, I have you had not as nuts about the Da Vinci. You hated the Da Vinci. We don't Code. have to get. You could go back. Da Vinci Code is episode four. Like dive back into the back catalogs. Go over to podcast dot com. Um, I was not as nuts about the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> Understatement of the year. Continue. It was at least like the. I believe I acknowledged that the Da Vinci Code was a page turner, and it was not like difficult for me to read. Okay. I really had a hard time finishing this one, and it's part of why. It's I mean, it's part of why we skipped last week is because I've been busy anyway, and like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this book was not drawing me in so like but i'm, I'm gonna start with the plot synopsis first but um, it's worth noting i guess as we move through the yeah plot like that's potentially that's, make you take pot shots uh, at part of the that plot. is that's the first thing that you okay. need to realize is that yeah i had a hard time finishing this one great um so the plot basically is this dude will his name is will like william um, will yeah oh, not once in a while not like, this dude will show will, up somewhere every now and again this dude will do something um <laughs> will has come into a sum of money okay 
And he says it's because some people who sell light bulbs, like he's a contractor. And so some people who sell light bulbs saw a picture of him and they used a pic. They decided they wanted to use that picture of him on the boxes for their light bulbs. Okay. And so they give him like a lump sum of money. And um, he doesn't, for reasons that are never made clear. clear. Yes. He decides he doesn't want that money. He wants to spend part of it to go around the world in a week and give away as much of it as possible. Okay. And um, he's doing this. He, he goes on this journey with his friend who is referred to in the book only as Hand, which is a nickname. Do we not know what his real name is? Um, I know what his real name is, but it escapes me <laughs> at the moment. Um, uh, I definitely know what it is. But he I has a name, book, but he's so just really care. he's just hand in like most of it. Um, so they go around the world and they're giving this money away, and then but like it's not really a twist, but like the undercurrent, like the thread that runs through the story is that Hand and Will had a mutual friend named Jack who died. Okay, maybe like six months before the book starts or like you know within the last year okay and so they're they're upset they're still like processing that because they i mean it was they were all three of them pretty close Mm -hmm. and um so so yeah like like it's the way the book is structured like he every day is its own chapter and all the chapters are of of like varying lengths but um like the the book chronicles what they do every day on their like on their travels but also there are a lot of asides and like flashbacks and like lots and lots of internal monologue because will is not like I, I would say that he's not all there, like mentally. He, okay. he like he he's, he's feeling poorly. He functions, but yeah, he's having trouble coping. Now, is it in that version of the book? Does it open with the end of the book in a way? Does it have that thing going on? Yeah. Let me let me just read the first. Um, okay. This is this is all on the first page, and it's all in caps, and it's a much larger font than is used in the rest of the book. Okay. Um, everything within takes place after Jack died and before my mom and I drowned in a burning ferry in the cool tannin-tinted Guaviare River in East Central Colombia with 42 locals we hadn't yet met. Um, so like in the first sentence it says, Jack died, also we, also me, myself, and my mother die. Great. Later, after the action of the book. And I think that was on the hardcover edition. Um, yeah, one like of the one of the on things the cover of the book. One of the things about this book, and I will I will say that, and this is kind of interesting, and it ties into the story about where I bought the book. But in the first edition of the book, the book is all just it's all from Will's perspective. It's all about their journey, and it's all about Will dealing with Jack's death, and it's all about internal monologues, and and he has like a strained relationship with his mom who's in the early stages uh, stages of alzheimer's and and this and this and this and um a year or two after the book was first published um a revised edition comes out and like right in the middle of the book is this 
you know, longish, like chapter length ish aside from hand, from, from hand's perspective. Okay. Supposedly written, you know, after a will dies and it, um, basically invalidates a big chunk of the book like yeah, it's it basically claims that a lot of it is like ghost written and that yeah, will like the, the, didn't, the, wasn't like, all there like that first part was ghost written um jack didn't exist oh that's right oh wow um like jack is supposedly a stand-in for um for will's mother who had died a number of years before and there's just a lot of you know large and small embellishments and there's there's another big thread in the book where like will and hand go to get Jack's stuff out of some storage unit and a bunch of dudes beat will up like really badly mm-hmm. and um and like hand is off doing something else and so so a lot of the book is about like will like he and hand are friends and they're going through this jack thing together but also will resents hand for not having been there to like help protect him from these dudes and the other thing that Hand reveals is that that did not happen either. Okay. So it's like... Well, rem- okay. I, I feel like that's as much plot stuff as I want to go. I mean, the the thing that I enjoyed about the book, like, in, in fits and starts, is that Edgar is, like, he does occasionally turn a phrase in an interesting way, or he, like, observes something in an interesting way. Like, I've marked a few... Yeah things in the book mm-hmm. and um, i only have i have one vivid memory from that book there's one he's like riding on a boat i think and like the boat hits a wave and jumps and it skips an entire like blank page yeah yeah like there are like two blank pages yeah and, stuff like that uh, like like there's this one there's this one passage where they're in a hotel and they run into like three american girls who are about 24 and they're the first like American tourists that they have seen their whole trip. They're about halfway through at this point. And are they in Africa? Where are they? Um, uh, they are in Morocco okay. at this point. Um, but it's just like it's, and I don't even know if I could like read it and do it justice. But it's just this this thing about how these girls are mildly inconvenienced, and they could not believe they were in Morocco, and there was this problem. A credit card was not being accepted. The card company had to be called, and this was just the worst. And it like goes on and on in a way that like you know privileged well, upper that, middle class like I mean, American girls might act if something like this happened on vacation. That is that not related in a way to the just the premise of the book of that like I'm gonna take this eighty thousand dollars and go to poor countries and like throw it at people basically yeah like part of the and they never do really get around to saying what the money is for but it's about it's about like i guess it's about trying to find people who it could do some good for like they they usually go out of their way not to give it to people who obviously have money already um they sometimes i mean they sometimes have weird criteria like if people like if somebody notices them giving money to someone else and starts like hanging around them to ask for it, they are really reluctant. Yeah. It's like, it's a weird thing. And Will is kind of conflicted about it. And his, his mom, he talks to his mom on the phone and she's like, you know, isn't that, isn't that kind of snooty of you or, or something? And, and he's Will is, um, is saying, Oh, you know, these people, 
they don't do any good themselves. And so they just sit sit back and pick nits with the people who are trying to do good in Hmm. whatever small way that they can. Like, it's not that the book is not fun to read though i think a lot of the time eggers prose is like look at me i'm writing look at me write <laughs> like do you ever read something and get that feeling that the person is just like yeah. re- being really ostentatious about how yeah. wordy they're being and like look at me turn this phrase check it out and he like spins it around like one of those signs outside like a sandwich sign yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was at a baseball game on thursday and there was a dude selling hot dogs out of like a metal box like metal hot dog box and they all carry them their beer and hot dog boxes around on their heads because <laughs> it's easier than like carrying it in their hands the whole time mm-hmm. and this dude was twirling it on his head like to show it off like hot dogs and then he would twirl it on his head yeah so dave eggers is like the ballpark stadium hot dog guy yeah of, that's a, of writers yeah a lot of guys i guess you know wallace is guilty of that there i mean there are writers who who do it i mean like yeah. if you go back a couple of weeks to vonnegut like he does that kind of thing but it's it's you notice it less like if you're bu- if you're buying into the story well i don't i mean maybe that might be it too like breakfast of champions was was pretty disjointed and stuff too but like okay so let me describe like the heart of why i don't think this book connected with me is okay in college, I took an intro to fiction writing class, and it was like me and, you know, some dozen other 20-somethings, you know, all in this fiction writing class, and we all have, you know, these chunks of stories to map out and write and turn in. And 20-year-olds do not have a huge, like, frame of reference, or, like, no. they don't have a lot of contextual information that can like help them craft a fully realized world populated populated by fully realized characters yeah they haven't met a lot of different types of people and thought about what those people's motivations might be yeah so i mean it's it's not to say that people who are in their 20s can't do really good writing but in this particular class we ended up with about a dozen stories that were all about like thinly veiled versions of the author they were all like, not, I mean, there were one or two who weren't 20 somethings, but it was overwhelmingly 20 somethings. They were all going through some stuff, like whether it was somebody who had died or they had broken up with somebody or, you know, some totally, I don't want to say like mundane or routine, but some tragedy that is in no way like unique to them. <laughs> Yeah. Like the kind of the kind of misfortune that a 20-year-old person who's privileged enough to be going to a expensive liberal arts mm-hmm. school would encounter. Mm-hmm. You just end up with a bunch of kind of homo- homogenous stories and you have these kind of self-centered narcissistic 20-somethings kind of muddling through their their stuff and there's a lot of internal monologue and they kind of vaguely deal with things but it's like not it's not fun to read. These people seem; these characters seem to have like no joy in their lives at all. Are we? Can all right? So I'm gonna. Uh, I don't want to let you get off the hook. Would you lump yourself in with this group of? Oh writers? yeah, no. Okay. The story that I wrote for this class was terrible. It was awful <laughs> stuff. Um, and yeah, it was, it was something, something, something. Breakup. 
I think I had written about something where the main character's girlfriend had like cheated on him with his best friend or something like, yeah, like really like, where's my, where's my Oscar for this? Like maybe I I think your first problem. Well, no, I mean, once once it had been, once it had had been optioned, (laughs) obviously it would have gone on to be a blockbuster. And then that's when I get my Oscar. Oh man. (laughs) I think I tried to write, I think I wrote a story in high school that was some very terribly premised and veiled allegory about benevolence. It was like characters in a soup kitchen. (laughs) No, I, (laughs) it was so like, I don't even know that I knew what the point of the short story was. Like, I don't know what I was trying to say. But I think I was writing a story that was trying to say something. You know okay. what I mean? Like yeah. it wasn't, it was no, it wasn't a good plot-driven story. It was like this is gonna be about a thing, and so all these characters are in a soup kitchen, and some guys doing it for the wrong reasons. What does that yeah, mean? Like what I, was I doing? I don't want to belittle people who try to write because I mean everybody's got to start somewhere, and nobody is. I mean, not nobody, but hardly anybody picks up something like that like instantly and immediately writes something that's groundbreaking and awesome and worthwhile. But this is all a roundabout way of saying that that is the feeling that I got from this story. Like will and hand are essentially indistinguishable from one another, you know, save one or two prominent quirks that he comes back to and keeps hitting. Like Will Will has like a vague heart condition and hand is kind of a blowhard sometimes, but... Well, do you think that's also that, I mean, are they, at least in Egger's mind, differentiated enough that Will is the narrator and Hand is not, at least in... Well, I mean, Will is the narrator in the in the main book, but in, in the revised version where Hand is the narrator, like, they, yeah, what's that about? they both have, like, the same propensity for, for flowery language and not getting to the point and, like, just being really circuitous about everything. Um, what about it? What a, okay? What about it? So, the characters that didn't feel fleshed out. Character, yeah, like they they just felt like you know, like like I said, like they're both twenty seven. They both have gone through something that I'm sure affected them deeply, which is you know their friend's death, but is not. <laughs> I'm just saying, like they're not. That's terrible. I'm. That's so callous. I, uh, Everybody has stuff that happens to them, Andrew. Yeah, but I I noted that when you said when you said uh, that something happened to them when you were taking a poop on uh, college fiction writers, and you're like, oh, that's something bad to them, ha- bad happened to them that wasn't u- that wasn't unique. Where it's like, yeah, I understand that from a structural perspective, all those stories get homogenous, and that's boring and bad. And this one might feel similarly but like that stuff happens to people That's let me let thing. me i don't let me, let me try to clarify i guess <laughs> like the thing that bothers me is more when the story is like they they have characters dealing with this stuff but it doesn't like it doesn't ring true and it's not to say that these people haven't gone through like you know the death of a loved one or a bad breakup or, or okay. something okay but the way that they are writing about it, it comes off as like 
a you know a normal person's idea of what that must be like. Okay, does that make sense? No, 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 no. That makes so more so sense. yeah. Just like the the way it's dealt with in this book makes it feel like Eggers is doing his best approximation of somebody who's dealing with that, but he doesn't really. And maybe the, I mean he may have, but if he has, he's not really good at I don't know at making the reader care about Jack, you know, the dead friend, as much as the characters care about him. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So okay. I'm not I'm not trying to be callous. I'm just I'm just saying that <laughs> it's it seems like a lot of the time these 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 stories present this fact like the breakup or the or the death or whatever and like expect that by itself to make the reader care without yes and that's okay i'll i'll grant you that that there's late there's uh narrative laziness there and part of that i think and maybe this book is an example of it i'm not sure but if it's not taking it doesn't have to take pains but if it's not taking measures to include the reader and and invest in the reader the same way the you know the reader it wants the reader to be invested in the book then it, then it is that thing where it becomes it becomes self-centered it becomes narcissistic which is like here's a fact and care about it i think that's what you're saying yes right? yeah and I, I think that's what that's what bugged me in that writing class and if somehow somebody who took that class with me is listening right now like Look like dig down deep and tell me (laughs) that you are not like I will be upfront with you. The story I wrote for that class was terrible. Yeah. If you can't dig down deep and and like acknowledge that about what you turned out for that class, then I'm really sorry. (laughs) Yeah, and it's the difference between it's the difference between writing for the act of writing and and writing for an audience. Like those are two different things. Well, that that class, and I don't want to. I don't want to spend too much more time on this because I feel like it's kind of a weird <laughs> personal tangent that we don't do like a lot of in most of the, most no, shows. No, no, but I think that's fine. Um, what was kind of interesting is that the writing samples, the stuff that we had turned in to get into the class in the first place, were more varied and more colorful. And then because, do you and I don't, I don't know if it was because we it, because of something from the instructor or something. Like we were feeling some kind of peer pressure to produce that kind of a story or what it was, but... Do you think it became an issue of being able to teach a class? And I think this is kind of relevant because Eggers does a lot of teaching and has a lot of um, writing. He's behind a, ver- a very renowned writing program. Yeah, I think his, I his right editing now. work is... Yeah. his. His body of work as an editor is larger than his body of work as a writer, as far um, as I know, anyway. But it may come down to, like, if that's what's being taught, if, like, those are, if that's a skill set that can be taught that's easier to teach in one, you know, semester-long class than, like, hey, everybody submit your stuff. Oh, you're writing genre fiction. Oh, you're writing, you know, such and such. Um, like, I went through a thing teaching this summer where... A couple of us were, you know, we write, we kind of like take ideas from the kids uh, and then we come back a couple of days later with a play and then we ask them to stage it and all that kind of stuff. And a couple of us were kind of experimenting with form because we were kind of encouraged to try something we were interested in. But then we got blowback from some of the kids because they're in a place where like they can't 
think about stories that are not linear and characters that are not like X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes that it's frustrating when you want to do more or you're interested in other things, but when you enter into that teaching scenario, you have to have a like, sometimes, at least on, on lower level teaching classes, an intro class or whatever, you might have to like, you know, kind of close that off a little bit so that you can actually teach basics. Mm -hmm. Or at least you think you're teaching basics. I don't know. Which is weird because it's it's a class that you had to submit stuff to get into in the first place. Mm -hmm. That's mm, I don't know. That's just my my thoughts on like you're trying to teach a thing that basically you want to teach the rules so that people know how to break them smartly. Yeah. But you can get just as easily bogged down in the rules. Yeah, which goes back to our Strunk and White episode. Hey. I think. Yeah, got to keep making those callbacks. I know. So, yeah, I mean, the the first first and foremost, the thing that bugged me was just was that, was that I could not escape that kind of feeling that, um, I don't, I, I just didn't, I didn't care much about the characters. I didn't, um, under, and, and, and it's also one of those stories that kind of buries the Jack stuff for a while. Like, it dances around it for a bit, and then... Like in the middle and toward the end, you get some more background on like the accident that mm, killed him mm-hmm. and and some of their experiences together. Um, that makes you feel a little bit more. And I think maybe the book, in in some cases, would have been better served by a more linear narrative. Okay. Um, but yeah, like I didn't have a really strong connection with the characters. Um, like I said, the the prose is too florid and too like writery is like is overwritten the word that i want or is that something else purple is not the right word because purple goes along with flowery Mm -hmm. um verbose yeah dense um so that 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 was thing number two and then thing number three okay okay so the the copy of the book that i bought at this used book drive was like the first edition Okay. Was, it, it was a first edition paperback. Yeah. Okay. And I did it did not have the hand thing in the middle of it. And okay. I did not even know that the hand thing like I didn't even know that a revised version of the book <laughs> had come out until I had finished the paperback. And so this book that I bought for fifty cents that I didn't end up liking all that much, I had to get on Amazon and grab the Kindle edition anyway. Yep. So I could read this hand part. And basically, like, hand, and and also, you know, it's it's still florid. There's, like, a whole chapter that I basically skimmed because he's just talking about, like, the rain, and he's not even talking about the matter at hand. Okay. Like, he, he opens the little section by saying that he likes, you know, he wants to stop beating around the bush and being twee and he just wants to give it to people straight. And then he proceeds into this aside for just like pages and pages about the rain. Okay. Um, all these problems that I had the, with the book hand goes through and says, yeah, he's too wordy. And I think that <laughs> I think he loses the thread of the story at the end. And he says like all the stuff that I can imagine like if Eggers came, like I, as, as somebody who writes stuff, like if I come back to something in a couple months, I can pick it apart and be like, Oh, why did I yeah, write yeah. this and this? Oh, this is so bad. I'm such an idiot. 
And I think that that's a common experience for a lot of a lot of writers. But it feels like Eggers like went back through his book and read it again and was like, "What? What? What is this book that I did?" And so he has. Doesn't he try to rename the book too? Yeah, um, the title of the book is uh, "You Shall Know Our Velocity," which is kind of a pull quote from a from a vignette in there in in the book. Okay, and. Um, hand wants to hand hates that title and um yeah because because like I, in, I like the title. in universe and this this is kind of interesting i guess if only because there's kind of precedent for it which i think is interesting in universe the first edition book without the hand stuff came out in the book you know in the universe yeah, in of the, the book yeah, 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 after yeah. after will died okay and so Hand read the same book that I did, and then wants to and go was back like, in. I hate it. I'm gonna wants to go back chapter. in and like set stuff straight. So it's like it, it feels it's a little too meta. Yeah, and the way it was like that that edition came out like a year or two after the book had been published, and it came out close enough that one wonders whether it wasn't like planned, whether he was oh, trying to do weird. some like meta thing where the yeah. first edition comes out and then the character like hates it and reissues something else that's weird i don't know if that's intentional or not well like, i don't I know, know if, the, i don't I, know if eggers has talked about it i didn't dig i've deep. never read heartbreaking work though i have read like the opening it's it's not an appendix because that comes at the end preface it's sort of a preface but it's like more of a glossary okay where he like breaks down the various metaphors that are going to be in the book and so it feels very much a dissection of memoir and it yeah like very meta on purpose yeah so I don't know yeah he would wouldn't be fancy or not he wouldn't be beyond that sort of thing is no. what you're saying which is interesting because i read his book uh what is the what a couple years ago which is about um uh, the boys from the sudan or darfur mm-hmm. who uh, made it to america kind of and it was based on on the real life of of one of them i think um and that book's great i like that book a lot but it doesn't have any sort it doesn't have any weird meta stuff it has two stories it has the story of the the guy in america and what he's going through and then it flashes back to him in africa Mm -hmm. and how terrible it is um and that book's wonderful so i don't know how he got there (laughs) and and from by all accounts heartbreaking work is good if not challenging you know well i mean this this you know velocity has been very well reviewed i mean certainly it connects with i don't know what grabbed me when i read it maybe i read it i read it at a time when i was like i like literary things yeah shove my glasses into my face (laughs) you know because i was i was in an english class where like i think my if i were curating an english class reading list now like that's what my English teacher was, you know, Mm -hmm. I would kind of shoot for the moon a little bit on stuff that might be borderline inappropriate or like, just kind of like pushing the envelope a little bit and what you think the kids can take. Um, And since this was like kind of bouncing around, I was like, yeah, I like it. I think I liked it because I was supposed to, Mm -hmm. whether or not I actually liked it. I have no idea because it was however many years ago. Um, and I, Lord knows, I don't got time to go back. I got other books to read. <laughs> oh, did we? Did we actually talk about what hand wanted the book 
to be called? Oh, it's called Sacrament, Yeah, right? Sacrament. And, and, and that hand's explanation comes as close as anything in the book to explaining why, you know, in in universe will wanted to give the money away oh okay and he talks about the sacrament being it's supposed to be an out an outward expression of some like interior goodness or or something like that does that make sense yeah yeah um okay i'll buy that yeah which which is like it's fine it's just i was i was pretty put off by by reading this book and not being super hot on it and then reading another like meta chapter in which one of the books agrees with me about all the stuff I didn't like. <laughs> That's so weird. Like don't don't sell yourself short, book. Well, because then, it, yeah, then it's created this weird possibility space where like how can you get away with not liking the book because the book said it was a book that was okay to not like. Like is there elements of it that feel like satire? I don't think so. Right? Yeah. What do you mean? Sat- like he is he satirizing these types of people? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> That's another. I guess... We're down too deep. I think I need to kick. I need, <laughs> I need to, to get kick. up out of this. I'm in the van right now. I think that that might be a maybe. That's a, a viable read. I don't know because like do you, in the Kindle, do you remember where that chapter falls? Because I know it doesn't fall at the end. The hand it's, chapter. I mean, it's in the. It's in the middle. Um, yeah. I think the chapters that happen on Sunday and Monday, like the days of the week, are two of the longer ones. And okay. it, it's sandwiched in between Sunday and Monday because okay. Han says that he thinks that Will loses the narrative thread after Sunday. <laughs> and it starts to drift a little bit, which is not untrue. <laughs> That's like at the end of Adaptation when it just becomes all the terrible movies that Charlie Kaufman's brother purported brother wants it to be um that's funny yeah like i do i do i did want to say when you were talking about their weird criteria for giving the money away to people i feel like that is a thing that i might not do now at 26 27 but i totally would have done if i was like 21 or 22 and if i had like somehow justified going around the world with a bunch of money that i had to give away but i had to give away to the right people I wouldn't know what that meant, yeah. But yeah. I would try to stick to it. <laughs> you know what I mean. You would come up with some kind of system, and well, there, no. But then you'd constantly be shifting the goalposts. <laughs> I understand that. Like one guy looks at you funny, one guy looks at someone else funny, and you're like, no, not that, not that jerk. Yeah. I don't know. That's a very human thing. Yeah, and like, and the other thing that kind of bugged me is okay, so they they're trying to go around the world, right? Yeah, but don't like, they just? Hang out in Africa the whole time? Well, they're just like, they're flying by the sea of their pants the whole time. And they just like assume that they'll always be able to get everywhere perfectly. And all their flights will always leave on time. And everything will be just like smooth sailing the whole time. And like they're constantly waylaid and constantly beset by delays. And like there's a, you know, there's a fair portion of the book that's just dedicated to them to, to will like whining that they're not moving forward the whole time. Yeah. And it's just, I don't, well, this, that might... this podcast is, it's, it's ended up being more about like how I felt while I was reading the book. Like Which it's, it's more, it's more about the experience of reading the book and my personal experience reading the book than it is about the book. I think that's totally valid, Andrew. 
I think that's the point of the book. Yeah, like it's it's most of the in most of the books, the prose kind of. I mean, it's there, and a lot of the time, you know, you you'll notice a particular turn of phrase that'll strike you funny, or like there will be some literary device in there that that mm-hmm. is used or like repeats in a in a way that kind of ties it together thematically maybe um and it, i don't i don't know like i i feel like the prose just didn't it never got out of the way of the story like i could not i could not get into it because i just felt like i was reading this book the whole time interesting does that make sense yeah no that's very interesting have you it is nowhere near the same thing. Have you read The Road yet? I have not. Though one of the um, the books dust, in this pod. the dust jacket reviews mentions The Road. Okay, oh, really? Um, yeah. Like, Burn McCarthy's The Road? Uh, no, 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 no. You mean On the else. Road? Yes. Okay, that's different. That's Jack Kerouac. Yeah, no, no, it is. Yeah, it is. It does mention Kerouac. Because oh, never mind. Because there are elements of just the way that the prose is laid out in the road, because it's so purposefully spare, like it eschews a lot of you know just traditional printing technique in terms of quotation marks and other stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think um, that that can be off-putting and very like you are aware that you are reading a book in a way. Mm-hmm. But I think that particular novel transcends that initial barrier um and that's always that's a gamble with you know postmodern fiction i guess to lump this into a big gloopy category <laughs> a big nebulous well yeah anything meta has to it's hard that's a very hard tricky flimsy thing to do um and if it's very seductive, it's a seductive choice. Because yeah, because, I mean, because meta stuff, like, if the audience is not along for the ride, then it pretty much falls flat most of the time. If, if the audience is not in on the meta-ness. Yes, exactly. It can often just come across as, yeah, like, self-indulgent or just, you know. Well, and, and satire is, like, a weird old version of meta, too, because you have to understand that, like, the story you're reading is not the point of the story. Yeah, like if you if you read a modest proposal with <laughs> no with Jonathan no <laughs> contextual information, and you think it's just some guy who's straight up saying, you know, you know, we should eat babies. <laughs> well, there were people who thought that's what he meant. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby, Ew. babies, baby back, baby back, baby back, Irish people. <laughs> Um, I wonder, I, now I like, I'm very interested about what of that book may be a critique of naivete and other things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. when you're talking about them expecting their trip to go perfectly and then, and then things just go wrong and, and they expect that nothing will go wrong with them just walking around with $80,000, mm-hmm. you know, um, that does seem, and not a like blunt critique i imagine i imagine in a perfect world you still care about will in some capacity Mm -hmm. um do you feel like he learns anything by the end of the book i think by the end he has processed jack's death to some extent Mm -hmm. and the experience of giving out the money and thinking about giving out the money 
has helped him work through some things. Okay. You know, I, this is, if we feel like getting experimental and maybe like a little meta ourselves, maybe, maybe even for like a bonus episode or something, cause we've missed a couple shows yeah. recently. I would, I would actually be interested to have you reread this book. Okay. And tell me what you thought about it. And okay. just like, if you're on board with my interpretation and then it becomes like a discussion about, I don't know, different readings of the same. Well, text. okay. I, I already, ha- I have my next book picked out. I know. No, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe, I'll, like an maybe I'll just put it on my next, then I'll just make it the next book yeah. anyway. Cause we'll so much, so much happens. of the show is, has just skipped what is actually in the book. And there's some, I mean, there's some, there are some passages in the book that I enjoyed, like individual passages, individual little, I mean, cause it's, it's nothing if not like a collection of stories about their trip and about their childhood and about Jack and about I was, this and this I and was this. just like, going to ask that because I know Eggers has written a lot of short stories and I feel like that's, I feel like there's a whole, I feel like there's a roundup of writers to be examined in that light in terms of like, writers out of the 80s and 90s and and maybe even in the 70s and later who were getting a lot of short stories published and then these novels that are collections of you know scenes or characters that if not actually being a short story collection the approach to narrative is mm-hmm. similar yeah i mean it it does it feels like a collection of short stories held together by a few narrative threads. So yeah. yeah, I mean, I can you if if Eggers like this is his first novel, so especially if he's coming mostly from shorter stuff, you know, yeah, you, you know can what his you can is. you can pick that up in this book like you can definitely you definitely notice. I know he's written, I know he has at least one or two short story collections. I think he has one that references this book somehow. Um by like references hand or something mm-hmm. i'm not sure about that yeah it's all right so i'll make sure i, I re- revisit this one in the near future yeah. and even if maybe we do a shorter bonus episode or something about mm-hmm. it yeah and then and then the, just to talk about how the book ends like, oh please yes like the trip is over he has um you know he's given away pretty much all the money he goes to uh, somebody's somebody's wedding in in uh, mexico Okay. And has like a good time at the wedding, and then the like last sentence in the book comes back around to the fact that he's you know he's gonna die, and he says, "You know, man, I thought that was the end right there. It stopped for a minute, I swear, but then the sound and pictures came back on, and for two more interminable months, we lived <laughs> end of the book, so yeah, I mean, so there's never any explanation about why they were on that boat or any you know anything no, no, just. Right. So I mean I I guess those are those are my thoughts and <laughs> your your inter- your reaction to the book is you shall know a thing that happens. <laughs> yeah, like it's just it's I've not disliked any of the I mean again I mean again Da Vinci Code is its own you thing. went into that one gleefully. I you didn't, were I wading mean, into battle with the Da Vinci Code. That's how I mean Da Vinci Code and like Dan Brown in general kind of almost gets into that hate read category for some people. For it's like wait, it's like for some people for 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 you 
For many, many, many people. For you. Did you? I mean, I've read. No, I don't. I don't even want to get into it. Like, like lots of people read Dan Brown so they can dislike it. Just like people will go see like The Room or some crappy movie so yes. they can like revel in how bad they think it is. Yes. Um, but, but I still Dan like Brown... it, it. Was still entertaining. Like it. it like it's yeah. going. It's like going to see a movie where giant robots punch each other. Like you can be. You can be like you know there are problems with this narrative. <laughs> <laughs> while still while still having an okay time well, at here's, it here's my to drag this out a little bit longer okay i disagree that pacific rim which you just subtweeted and... i never i was gonna see that and then i didn't by same the way. here yeah. pacific rim <laughs> and that is probably why it did not do so great pacific rim and the room whether or not they are good or bad i have immense like empathy for what for the attempts that are being made mm-hmm. like you can tell that as terrible as Tommy Wiseau is, he thought he was making a masterpiece with that movie. He sure did. And I feel like Dan Brown doesn't get the same. Dan Brown's not. People don't treat Dan Brown. People don't like clap him on the back and say, good try, Dan. <laughs> they don't put his macaroni Nobody, art on the wall. Who claps Tommy Wiseau on the back and well, says, no, oh, good I one, just, good one, Tom. You'll get him next time. People would if they weren't afraid they're going to get their hands lost in his big no, hair. No, like he's he's leaning into it and like. Well, he has now. Yeah. Once the internet happened to him, <laughs> Guillermo del Toro doesn't care though. No, like Dan Brown just he goes to sleep on his pile of money and he's fine. Like yeah. I don't, I think he's okay. Um. So oh, yeah, okay. it was it was it was interesting to read a book that I didn't end up caring for because I haven't I mean I haven't really done that. Yeah, all you were saying over the past past week or so is this book. I, I was I had a hard it. time with it. Yeah. It was hard to sit down and get through, which yeah. is too bad. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe if I sat down to read it again, I don't know. I w- I would find more to like about it. It would be like one of those. One of those albums that you have to spin up a couple times before you're into it. Man, that's hard with books, though. Yeah, that's real hard with books. <laughs> I think, and we're we're making it hard on ourselves because we're like, well, we gotta read the book and and finish it so we can talk about it. Which is, I mean, it's good because it keeps us to a timeline. But it's like, you know, I, like I feel like to make another callback. Like I feel like maybe Love in the Time of Cholera is one that I did not have time to digest enough. Yes, but you didn't dislike it. No, I didn't dislike it, but I mean, it was also kind of dense and there's a lot to process and I didn't leave myself enough time after I finished it to process it. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe some of that is going on here, but I think my my reaction to the book has been pretty uniform for as long as I've been reading it. So. I, and I've put, I've put down many a book that I did like and just never got back to. Um, I can't remember the last time I started a book and was like, no thanks, and then put it down. <laughs> When would that have happened in this book? Was there a spot where if you were not reading it for the show, would you have just like, eh? I you might not have picked it up. I guess I don't know. In the I first think, place, I feel like with a book, I don't know. Like I guess I'm not the kind of person to like walk out of a movie or stop reading a. Like I have stopped reading books before. Like what is. I think what you're trying to say is... I'll, I'll quit on a TV show, but if it's something that is of reasonable length, I will just see it through to the end so I can... 
say you finished it. Yeah, and so I can also like more fully articulate why I did or didn't like it and you know yeah. and and be secure in the knowledge that I gave it a chance. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know that there's a book that I could think of that I was like, well, I'm done with this and just put it away. Yeah, like it's it's I've never quit reading something out of dislike. Like I've never gotten up and walked out of a book. (laughs) (laughs) I had like I did I did just kind of fall out of the second Game of Thrones book. Like I just stopped reading it. But it wasn't no, that I'm getting I... too many amazing '80s music video images in my head of you like walking out of books and like <laughs> then opening a giant Game of Thrones and then you tumble out of it. This is great. I love it. Okay. And on well, that uh, note, let's yeah. take it home. It's, okay. it's been a long night. Uh, uh, thank you all for listening and for joining us on Overdue. Uh, you can find out about these amazing episodes we've been talking about, the back episodes at OverduePodcast.com. You can also follow Amazon links to the books that we've read and books that we'll be reading shortly so that you can uh, read along if you don't already own the books. And you can also find our iTunes page via our website. Uh, And you can head over there and rate and review us. We would much appreciate it. Um, and did you, did you talk about Twitter and Not Facebook and stuff already? Well, we have a Twitter. It's at twitter.com <laughs> slash overdue pod. We've been known to tweet from time to time. From time to time. Um, and then we have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash overdue pod. And just just because of character limits, um, usually that is where we'll put more newsy items and like interesting links and stuff that we find. So, uh, yeah, that's facebook.com slash overdue pod. And... Um, and then you can also email us. We like to get reader mail. Uh, a lot of the times if you have like a question or a comment or something, we will gladly address it on the air. That is overduepod at gmail.com. And I would love to hear from folks who have read this book or have read other Dave Eggers and can maybe articulate if they agree with Andrew's assessment or if they have their own thoughts. Um, just give us some food for thought on this one because I have not freshly read this book and, and Andrew's and just almost walked out of it. Uh, <laughs> and I think it would be great to have a continuing conversation. And just depending on recording uh, dates and schedules, we might not get those questions in on the next episode, but we'll definitely tackle them as soon as we get them. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Um, we hope to see you next week. I mean, see, not see. We hope to talk at you next week. Try to stay happy. Yeah, try to be happy. Yeah.